Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From the MLB Network, we go to our friend Peter Gammons, and he joins us now here on The Fan as we get ready for the exhibition season and some games getting ready to be played here soon. He joins us now here on The Fan. Good morning to you, Peter. Good morning. Now it's Kurt Schilling and Rob Dibble. This is an interesting combination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to say the least, believe me, uh, Peter, our hand was on the dump button every time, okay? Just to keep it fair there, all right? I mean, do you buy into what Gary said, Peter, with collusion going on in the sport now when it comes to these free agents and so many of them not signed? I don't think it's anything comparable and Gary experienced it, but what went on in, in 87 when Tim Raines was, I mean, I went to visit Tim Raines at a house in Florida in, in, in the middle of March. I mean, that was, that was blatant. Peter, uh, Peter, um, uh, the whole thing with the commissioner everything at that point was, I think that there is a whole back. I think there also, but there's so many factors. I think expectation. I don't blame either agent in, in the Harper and Machado case. I don't think they set the number. Scott Boris might have thrown some of the numbers of $400 million or whatever, but it's very hard to, to replicate that. Plus, the fact that we've had some long-term contracts um, that have not exactly um, worked out in the last three or four years. Now, I realize that part of the, the, the upfront cost is the, the, the kick it gives the franchise. But at the same time, there are a lot of factors here. And I think that the union made a catastrophic mistake by the, by with the numbers that they gave the owners uh, to trigger um, the whole business of having to pay taxes. I mean, you know, if they started at two hundred fifty million, I would have. But to start at like one hundred ninety-seven, it goes up to two hundred. No, no, no. I mean, they didn't know the union really failed um, in that in that way. They didn't read the market at all. I mean, they did get chefs in the in the clubhouses, but they 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 misread the market. And it, it's a very complicated process. Um, I'll tell you this though. Um, I mean, we knew it would take a long time. With um, with Harper and Machado, I actually thought it would take until at least the middle of March. Um, we've seen this before with, with Prince Fielder. Um, I mean, JD JD Martinez didn't sign until the last four days of February, the last three days of February last year, uh, and ended up fourth in the MVP voting in the American League. Um, this process. Uh, I, I think it's it's real. The the essence comes back to the same issue that created the ninety four ninety five strike, which to me was the darkest day I ever experienced in baseball, and that is the dichotomy between big market small market, and it's never really been. I mean, when when um, when it was suggested that maybe revenue should be redefined. So the teams like the Red Sox, the Giants, the Yankees that make 
I mean, beyond national TV contracts, local TV contracts, attendance, they can take and pull in three to seven hundred million dollars in outside revenues because of the team they own. I mean, that doesn't get counted against the luxury tax. It doesn't get counted as the revenues. If you're the Cleveland Indians or the Kansas City Royals, you don't have those opportunities. And I think there's a difference in the access that small market teams have to, to amateur talent is still not even close to what big markets have. So those are the, some of the issues. There are a lot of them that have to be addressed on both sides. But um, I, I think that the way teams are able to manipulate service time has to be corrected. Um, but for all the talk about strikes, remember, this contract's up. Contract that the union agreed to is up after the, after the 21 season. So if the players go on strike by themselves, we know the public will never go with the players. Absolutely. Peter Gammons, MLB Network, here on The Fan. Peter, these rumors that are out there about Machado and Harper and the Padres putting uh, contracts on the table, five years, eight years, there's a report out there, $250 million, Manny Machado, and supposedly that it's in the players' court right now with either Harper or Machado for the Padres. Do you think the Padres are in line for one of these big-time free agents? I think there's a I think um, there is a possibility. Um, I don't know with Harper. Um, I have felt for a long time that he was going to end up in Philadelphia just because of the offensive ballpark. When it's hot there in that little ballpark, I mean, his chance to hit 50, 55 home runs any time. Um, but I think in Machado's case, even though he's an East Coast guy, he always wanted to play for the Yankees. Um, I look at the Padres and I say, this team is going to be really good in a, in a short time. This isn't like the Marlins saying, you know, someday in our dreams we're going to be good. <laughs> uh, the, the Padres are really close now with all the players they'll be bringing up this year. And, you, you know, I mean, personally, I think you should be happy not to be playing shortstop. I mean, I, I think Tatis makes a lot of sense just because, it's more of a beating on him physically. I know he loves playing shortstop and all that, but if he wants to be good for eight to ten years, I think third base makes a lot of sense. He's a great third baseman. He and Tatis on the left side of the infield, and would just be, it would be terrific. I just think uh, I think the Padres make a lot of sense, and you know I, I'm an East Coast guy. I think that uh, Petco Park is one of the six best ballparks in baseball. It's a great place to play. It's a great city. Um, there's a lot there, and I've never thought they were out of it um, in this. I don't know where the revenue comes from, but maybe it's just it's like investing. And, uh, okay, we invest, we get up, and we, even though we're in a very tough division, um, if we finish third, it's a, it's a real step forward. And, um, and, and uh, I, I think that... It, I think the excitement created could be could really make the franchise very different. And I, um, I mean, I, we've seen Arizona take a major step, but um, I think the Padres and then they build a rivalry with the Dodgers. I, I think there's a lot of potential there for which uh, um, 
could be a lot of fun for Manny Machado. How about this, too, Peter? Do you agree that, you know, like you said, you had your heart set on playing in pinstripes and Yankee pinstripes, to be noted, that this is what he wanted. Is it is it his agent's responsibility to say, here's the best place for you, and we recommend that this deal that they're offering, eight years, $250 million, what have you, is it more about just because supposedly the money bag is in his lap? Is it more just about playing on the West Coast for him now and him not playing where he wants and him accepting the fact, here's where the most money is, here's where it makes most sense. You don't want to play in Chicago. Here's where it makes most sense for you, back here on the West Coast. Is that where we are with this, you think? No, I, I think that... that I think there's been a great deal. I think that, that, that um, Dan Lozano and Manny have been working together on this all the way. I mean, and there has to be a thought. Um, and believe me, living on Cape Cod, uh, I know what minus degree, uh, five degrees with the wind blowing off the ocean is like uh, in the middle of winter. Uh, and Chicago, Chicago could seem like that in April and September. Um, you know, I, there, there is a point. Um, and I mentioned this to somebody uh, who was a friend of Machado's. There comes a point every year in the middle of winter when I'm out walking the dog at like 6.30 in the morning and it's 10 below zero, wind chill factor. I say to myself, why is it again that I'm not living in San Diego? <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it, that's a fact of life. Right? It, it's, um, you know, it might be, it, 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 it's, there are so many plus factors to being in uh, in San Diego, and obviously the city is one of them. But the, the potential of the team, I don't find this to be a false promise. I mean, I just, I, I just, I think I'm a great admirer of the people who are now running the baseball operations there, and I, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch. And I think it'd be a lot of fun to be in that growth. Um, now. I don't have access to their books, so I can't tell ownership what they ought to spend, what they should not spend. But I still think that unlike a, a uh, unlike some of the small markets, there's there's a lot of potential for growth. There's a lot of potential for players wanting to play there. Um, and you know, Milwaukee, which is the smallest market in, in baseball, has um, has been with really good ownership and smart trades and so forth, they, they've made themselves competitive. I mean, they, they darn near made the World Series last year, as everybody in Los Angeles knows. Absolutely. I mean, it was a great run last year. Two last questions to our friend Peter Gammons from the MLP Network. Bruce Bochy, Hall of Fame, his place in history, where is it, Peter? I mean, over the last, what, 25 years, you'd say Tory in that conversation as one of the best managers. Tito uh, also, again, one of the great managers. Bruce Bochy, to you, was what over the last 20 years? Oh, I think overall, um, I think, you know, Bobby Cox started earlier. Whitey Herzog finished earlier. Uh, I, I really believe that, that in this quarter century, Bruce Bochy is the best manager in the game. He is so steady, so wise. Um, I just, I, I, I don't think there's any question about it. And I think it'll be, it'll be great for San Diego and San Francisco and, and uh, to, to, uh, 
to, to be able to be there for him whenever he goes in in a couple of years or whatever. And I, I think it will be very uh, – it will be a tremendous day. He's, it, it's, you know, right from I – mean, I think people on the East Coast have forgotten, you know, if if Langston gets the call on that breaking ball to Tino Martinez, that that series ends up being interesting. And uh, between the Padres and Yankees, and he was a great manager then. He's, he won three World Series in San Francisco. Um, you know, he's um, – and you know what? I mean, I, one of the things I think people really underestimate about managing, they, they've got all these WPA win probability, which is the most absurd statistic in baseball. Um, Bruce Butcher is never about that. It was all about trust. And I, the more I'm around baseball, and I'm, I've heard it almost everywhere I've been thus far, seven, eight camps already in spring training, the, what players talk about is trust in a manager. And I don't know if I can think of one that has more trust over his career than Bruce Bochy. Absolutely. One of the truly great managers. Final question for you. Tony Clark running the Baseball Players Association. His job that he's done has been what to you so far, Peter? A little naive. Hmm. Tony's, a really, Tony's a really good person. I think he's been a little naive. I think that um, he's reacted too much to to the immediate, you know, the need for an extra seat on the bus in spring training, uh, time, you know, more time off during the week and things like that, all of which I agree with. But I think that he lost sight a little bit of the of the economics early on. I, I, and I think the mistake that he made was um, you come into a union um, to run a union I think that Gene Orza should have been right there to be his advisor at all times because Gene had been through so many wars and was a, a major factor on the Labor, National Labor Relations Board before he went to the Players Association. I think that was a mistake. But I think he's it's getting a lot better a lot quicker. And I think um, I've been around so long that my first spring training was the first strike, 1972. And I don't ever remember a commissioner being more surly about questions about labor negotiations um, than the other night. I thought Rob was, Manfred was, it surprised me a little bit. It seems like he's become a little bit angry. Almost, It's almost as if he's back being a, a courthouse lawyer. And uh, so I think there's a lot, there are a lot of reparations that have to be made in terms of just the ability to discuss issues between owners and players. And I think it has to be on both sides. And I think the, 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 the dance between Rob and Tony in the next three or four months is going to become really vital to what happens over the next three years. Absolutely. It's going to be a contentious battle between the Players Association and MLB. Peter, great catching up with you, my friend. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I bet it's beautiful there this morning. No, uh, of course it is. It's San Diego. Why wouldn't it be, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Peter. All right, yeah, okay. You bet, man. That's Peter Gammons again there, a friend from the MLB Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.